Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM and get started now. This is Brandon, and I'm joined by Mountain Carl. Carl, how's it going? Well, I guess that depends on uh, what day you ask, since uh, the world is coming to an end quickly. But, uh, you know, <laughs> apparently. Other, other apparently is right. But other than that, uh, I think things are fairly good. I was noticing a beer you were drinking over there. What's what's going yeah. on? Yeah, I'm drinking uh, Local Buzz, which a lot of listeners out, longtime listeners know is one of my favorite beers ever. Uh, it's made by Four Corners here in Dallas. Definitely check them out. Awesome brewery. But the one thing I always liked about Four Corners beer, uh, even with Local Buzz, is the top. Basically, you rip it off and the complete top, 360 degrees, The all of it rips off. And so with that, you have this huge gaping hole that you're drinking out of where you can actually smell your beer. You don't have metal pressed up against you like all other cans. And it's pretty ingenious. Uh, I think the design was made, uh, I think during the, uh, FIFA world cup or something of that nature back in the late two thousands, I think it was like 2009 in Brazil. And, uh, somebody thought it was a great idea and, and got the patenting licenses and brought it to America. And I guess that it's time has run out. And so sadly, just like I showed you, now we're back to the original style uh, top where you got to, you know, heresy. You, you only have this. Yeah. You only have the small little hole to drink out of. So yeah. What, what is that bullshit? I'm not, I'm not going to drink out of this thing. I'm used to having the entire top pop off. Mm. What was the, uh, it's kind of like, um, for those of you who don't understand what the hell we're talking about, it's kind of like the top of like a, a tuna can, right? Is is really what yeah. it ends up looking like? Is is if you're going to yeah. pop the top on like vegetables, you know, canned vegetables or tuna, um, insert any other you know bachelor food here. That's what it looks like, spam. and uh, the spam great option. <laughs> um, a little bit more caviar, uh, yeah, rectilinear, right? But the uh, ca- caviar, yeah, you know, I God. It, it's been at least five minutes since I've had a good caviar, so we should maybe crack open another can. My doctor that's something like that. Uh, Sambino would eat with his uh, his pinky up in the air. Yeah, yeah, I think that's exactly what Sambino used to eat. Yeah, He's, Carl, uh, will you bring me another fish egg? <laughs> but only one. <laughs> uh, I like I like my caviar cut. You know, oh my God, that's amazing. But but the only the thing I, I hate about this, I love that can, and I hate that can at the same time. The reason why is because you pop the top of that can. Well, you pop the top of a normal beer can, right? You're walking yeah. around with it and you're, you know, I mean, who knows how many you've already had. So the danger is, is pretty real. And you're, uh, you're, you're trying to navigate a party, you know, with, with a, a, a smaller mouth on your can, uh, that, you know, the splash hazard is much lower 
than That's if true. you're walking around with a wide open can. Yeah. So, I mean, like, because I've definitely sat that down before and just been like, well, that's all over my hand. Shit. Yeah. You know, accidentally knock it over. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I guess there is there is some benefit to it, but also uh, a little bit of a detriment. This isn't the only can that had a gimmick, though. Right. This isn't the only beer thing that's had a gimmick. I want to I want to tell you and remind you and remind our listeners about some of the gimmicks that have existed so far. Um, does everybody remember the Miller Lite? vortex bottles oh god yeah i remember yeah that. because something that we need more than anything for a miller light is for it to go faster into your body <laughs> what i mean like really what was the science behind that was it or was it just like ribs going up the outside of your glass kind of like a weird veiny thing i mean yeah. i guess it had more of a hydraulic flow to it i i don't even know but i remember mgd had something too where MGD that I, I thought that was like an actually good tasting beer back when I first tried beer, however long ago that was. And, uh, you know, I'd go get a six pack from the gas station or whatever. And I think the bottles were plastic or something. So I just knew that they wouldn't break if you dropped it. Well, that, I mean, that alone is what a, what a boon to society and, and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> drug Better people everywhere ice. you, you yeah. know lay off butt eyes I, I was an oe man <laughs> myself <laughs> that I, doesn't surprise me. no yeah well i mean you know when, when and sam look was, how you turned out look well you, well yeah it's the worst if sam was eating caviar and and oh, i had no. i had to class it up i couldn't reach straight for the butt ice or the you know keystone ice i had to go with the with the oe you know yeah that old, old side Eng- of gray poupon old english 1800 which i i'm certain oh yeah yeah, I'm certain actually uh, shares the name of like a shoe polish or something. There's no way that <laughs> that doesn't exist. But yeah. I, I also had Mickey's. Uh, college was a, a dark, dark time, right? Because you had to <laughs> you had to drink. Uh, was it Milwaukee's Beast? What's what's the worst alcohol you've ever drank? We'll we'll circle back to this this beer thing in a second. Um, there was a really, really bad bottle of vodka that I had once and I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember the the name of it, but it was just, it was so cheap. And my friend was so excited that he got it and brought it back to the house we were all living at, at the time in 07. And, uh, he was like, yeah, yeah. You can get like five of these things for the price of like one sky vodka. And I'm like, wow. How's that? How's that good? I I don't know. (laughs) So of course we ended up having like a, a beer bong tournament and uh everything else you know foosball bust that out and it was just kind of like oh my god like yeah what where did what do this you, come from what like what kind of like, did you have to like kind of thin it out with mineral spirits or something like what do you have to do to something like that to make it actually drinkable uh yeah i think it was like derived from jet fuel or something it yeah but by, by the way i'm not actually advocating to any of our listeners to mix mineral spirits into any of their actual drinks don't do that <laughs> that will kill you um, so, uh, also the other thing that I found besides the Miller light vortex bottle was the, uh, coolers vented mouth or wide mouth cans. Oh so, yeah. Which, yeah, I think a lot of them, cause you, if you look at the mouth of a can, they're all kind of a little bit wide. I think Mountain Dew was the first soda to do that. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, well, yeah. well, I, I, I'm going to remember with, how I don't know. I have no yeah. idea, <laughs> oh, okay. but, uh, yeah, sorry. It used I mean, to be like a U shape. Yeah, yeah, the the um, that I believe. Um, I don't know how else you would do the do, but if you were going, <laughs> <laughs> but if you then mark that, but if you were going to actually, yeah. um, 
I mean, again, like it just astounds me that like our our like late nineties, early two thousands selves thought to the, each other like, man, you know what would make this taste better? Getting the beer in our bodies faster, which is not wrong, right? Yeah. I mean, like that. There's probably science behind that. Um, the I will tell you one thing that I'll never drink again, and of course, my it is the worst. Uh, it was the worst alcohol i've ever had in my life it was uh again it was vodka right and there's the the mccormick's and and the popovs and the skulls of of you know yeah. your and that's fine um, <laughs> mccormick's yeah yeah we've we've all seagram's. we've all yes yeah, seagram's sat there and, and put it through a brita water pitcher because someone told you it would work um but the, but the uh the thing that drove me nuts um was when we went to the liquor store and we were going to make jello shots, right? And we were like, well, yeah, what yeah, are we going to yeah, get, yeah. right? What are we going to find? So we don't have anything right. good, you know? I mean, it's just going to go into jello, right? Jello masks the flavor of everything. It's not true. It's it's a lie. And we were looking at everything and we were walking down the aisle. And of course, we were on the bottom shelf because we're classy. And we saw uh, a bottle that was called Aristocrat which aristocrat okay. truth truth in advertising let me tell you uh it was three dollars for the entire handle i have oh. no idea uh how they were able to afford that except for potentially if half the people that drank it went blind so <laughs> uh, it's it, it was incredibly bad it, in fact i would i would say that there are a lot of things out there that are just like inedible and like undrinkable right yep yeah. Um, but, uh, this was so off putting. I actually thought I poisoned myself it, and, and like, no jello shots did not mask the flavor of it at all. I mean, I, I don't know what the most, you know, potent jello flavor would be. What would actually like erase the taste of, you know, turpentine, but, um, <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing worked. It was awful. So I, uh, I've, I've definitely moved on. From there, I, I'm not a big vodka drinker anyway, to be honest. Yeah. So uh, that was way more of a, a college like, you know, hey, what what goes good with, you know, Hawaiian punch like uh, or like Tampico if you really want to be frisky about it. But yeah, uh, Hawaiian punch. See, right there, that brings up a story for me because I and I I don't know if I've told this on the story uh, on the show before, and I might have back in the old days when J Mac and I hosted the show. But uh, so I, I was uh, I was underage and I was over at my friend's house and we stayed up late. And of course, they had cigars. We smoked cigars out front. And then his buddy came over that eventually ended up working with. And uh, so long. So you were like short, seven years old, I guess. The, that's yeah, the yeah, news, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we yeah, so uh so anyways uh we ended up playing like NHL whatever. I think it was like NHL uh please say hits, please say hits, please say no, hits. No, no, oh, not okay. hits. It was like <laughs> NHL 2000 or something like right. that. I don't know. But it was uh it was on like PS2. And right. my my friend, you know, we're at, I'm at his house, technically it's his parents' house. Um and we started, you know, playing it and, and his buddy comes over and is like hey i got got this bottle of sky vodka whatever and then uh started doing this thing where we started doing this uh drinking game which you know of course three guys you got a bottle of vodka 
you're playing video game. What's what's bound to happen is you're going to do a drinking game, which was the stupidest idea in the world. And uh, it was kind of like, okay, well, what are we going to like do as a chaser? And he had a wine punch. And so Great. the rule was like, you know, it, in any time there's like a, a fight or, or whatever, like you, you got to drink. And then if you end up losing the fight, you got to drink again. So, of course, it's his game. What do you think happens when I'm playing him at his game? Yeah. He's kicking my ass. Yeah. You had alcohol. He's fighting me, all this stuff. Pretty much. It, <laughs> yeah. So later on in the night, like I'm feeling good and then I don't remember anything. And uh, let's just say there was a nice Hawaiian punch stain all over the carpet in the front room. Yeah. Um, Joke's on him. Asshole. Yeah. And his parents and my parents were like best friends. So the next morning was fun explaining that to my dad as he came to pick me up. Yikes. Uh, yeah. So it was, uh, that was not good times, but did you, did they brought you, that up. Did you hurl while you were saying it's my, it's your game. It's not fair. Did you, no, no, did you go down that, after that. that oh, it, it was, was after, way that. after that. Yeah. After you, yeah. After you uh, hit, hit him square in the arm. Yeah. I, I couldn't, I couldn't smell vodka for years without getting that gag reflex, you know? Right. And then eventually it was kind of like, okay, it's been a while and you know, it's fine, but not my favorite liquor at all. Uh, what is your favorite liquor? Oh my God. Uh, wow. I think, uh, um, this is fun. We need to have more of these conversations. Yeah, this is good. It's not incriminating at all. So we will, uh, I, I think most of the time we'll, we'll over here. We'll probably, it's like, what's your favorite, uh, what's your favorite drug? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you were going to set a building on fire, which one would it be? Um, no, I, my favorite, uh, the address of where I work. <laughs> yeah. oh, wow. Hot takes uh, are branded. You might want to edit that uh, one out. No, 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 no. no. I, I enjoy my job. Okay. There we go. So, uh, recovered fully, uh, <laughs> <laughs> steered into that skin. Good job, buddy. No, we, yeah. uh, we, we drink gin mostly over here, which apparently is yeah. now like the most hipster, uh, of all spirits. I, I you know, we go into, hmm. uh, a total wine and they're like, you know, Oh, Hey, where's your gin? No, it's like, Oh, it's in the back, you know, where the people who, who think they're cool, get their booze. Yeah. I'm like, shit, you know? Oh my <laughs> God. You know, I really didn't think I was like super uppity or anything. I mean, my roommate yeah. used to drink caviar or eat caviar. <laughs> he used to drink caviar. That'd be even better <laughs> if you're, if you're done with a workout. Sounds like something Sambino would do. Yeah. Throw, throw it in a, throw it in a blender with whey protein. And you're just like, ah, oh. <laughs> gonna get me jack yeah, like he's like that caviar piece of shit corner but this one no nah, this one's good this one's good yeah but by the way for those of you guys who haven't actually uh listened to sambino on outfielder podcast you should you should do that uh ben justin and sambino all on outfielder podcast talk about baseball which by the way isn't happening anymore so i yeah, guess they're just yeah. gonna talk about um just pieces of shit in general so uh Maybe maybe that will be the piece of shit corner for for Sambino next time is COVID nineteen. <laughs> uh, I'm sure he probably already named it. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of uh of of absolute uh, things that have blessed or, or graced us with their existence, uh, Sirius XM has really uh, done the diving catch to extend the baseball metaphor with uh, a Sirius XM coronavirus station. That's real. By the way, it's channel 121. And even if you have a deactivated radio, you can turn it on. So thank you, Lord, for that. Um, it, it is I will I will say that it is either the most conflicting information yeah. I've ever heard. 
in my life. Like uh, uh, just to give you like a really quick sample, um, the, um, the issue that I have experienced with listening to this station has not been that it's not a, a, you know, trying to be a resource for learning. Right. The issue is that, uh, when they're bringing people on that were supposed to know what they're talking about, it's all very kind of, uh, like nuanced and conflicting information because they're trying to put information out there, but nobody really knows what the hell's going on anyway. So yeah. it's a, it's a little ambitious to be sure. Right. So that, and then the, uh, the issue is let's, let's say that like some of this information is like a working out will enhance your metabolism. Um, well, should you go to, should you go to a gym? No, don't do that. Um, okay. Uh, well, well, uh, should I work out hard? No, that could actually hurt your immune system. Well, should we work out like a little bit, like just a, uh, like just the tip, you know? And, uh, and they're like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You should work out just a little bit, but not too hard and never in public. I'm just like, well, that has explained uh, maybe like if you wanted to do like a beach body workout or something in your in in your house, you know, but not a hard one. Uh, maybe just get a little bit of that yoga stretching video on or something. It's just it. It was infuriating listening to this person uh, because yeah. they were they, they're, they're from the doctor radio station. Right? You know, bless their hearts. And they're, they're trying. They want to get as much information out there as possible. But uh, one of the anecdotes that the guy kept on talking about, and I'm stealing this right now. This is not my anecdote, but he goes and he sits down on an airplane next to some lady who's got like a mask on, right? And like a can of Lysol on her hand. And Mm -hmm. she's like, she sits down or he sits down next to her and immediately she's just like, are you sick? Do you have any symptoms? You know, like that (laughs) kind of thing. And uh, like, I mean, like might as well give him like the rectal thermometer, like really, really trying to figure him out. Right. And uh, he's like, no, you're insane. And then she takes like the Lysol bottle and like sprays every surface that like he's touched and that she's touched. <laughs> and then, and then she grabs her mask and then she takes the Lysol and she sprays the Lysol inside the mask, which by the way, really hurts your lungs too. So I'm like, yeah, don't breathe. Stupid. If you, if you really want to know, uh, if you want to take anything away from this show today, take these two things away. Don't drink mineral spirits. And don't inhale aerosolized alcohol. That's not good. So there we go. And don't drink bleach. Don't drink bleach. That's a great one. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, highway jogging, not a great move. Uh, what else can we go for? Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, yeah. But definitely don't, don't test the boundaries on any of that stuff. It's just, it's not worth it. But anyway, yes, what, Sirius XM does have a, a station now devoted to this as a public service, I think. Yeah. Well, that's, I don't know. Everybody's trying to get ratings. That's what I feel, you know? So when it comes to the whole state of panic people are in and, oh God, I need to buy up all the bleach and all the toilet paper I toilet need paper, and all yeah. that. Yeah. It reminds me of Y2K. You remember Y2K? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Everybody was afraid the world was going to end. And there were so many like Y2K preparation DVDs. There was one that even Leonard Nimoy hosted. That's right. Uh, well, I hilarious. Think, is it even a DVD? I thought it was like a VHS. Like I, I, know, yeah, the one, I know the is. one you're talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. Maybe it is. Yeah. But, poor, poor Leonard Nimoy. Like of all of all <laughs> the 
really I'm sure he got paid stuff. He, well, he yeah. or it was like PBS money or something. I have no idea, but <laughs> you know, like whatever. Yes, I got rich off of viewers just like you. Yeah. I'm like, thanks, <laughs> thanks, thanks for telling me that. Yeah, exactly. That's even better. <laughs> but what's your what's your take on all this stuff? Uh, I last last time we had this conversation, um, I like you was pretty flippant because everybody's telling me that uh, the world is going to end. And this mm -hmm. is the same media that, like you said, sensationalizes everything. So by yep. the way, when you have a credibility problem in media at large, it makes it really difficult for me to buy into like, by the way, uh, the world is going to end, you know, and then obviously uh, you start looking at, uh, you know, the news websites and stuff like that. It's like the hot thing to talk about right now, which understandable. Um, and I'll get everything from listening to the XM channel, right? That'll say like, hey, you know what? It's it's really not that bad. Just avoid crowds and don't worry about it. You know, it's not that big of a problem. Um, it, you know, and they'll compare it to the flu and stuff like that. And it's like it's a bad flu. Uh, and then I get to, you know, work and maybe I'll, I'll, you know, grab a, grab a diet Coke or something, sit down, throw on some, uh, some news. And I went for like Yahoo news or something. And, uh, you know, just, just, I was taking a break. I was checking it out. And, uh, I, two of the articles I saw were in quotes, somebody said, um, someone, you know, will die from this. And the other article was, uh, worse than the Spanish flu. So somewhere between don't worry about it, just wash your hands and also uh, get ready to bleed from your eyes because the world is ending. Uh, I'm somewhere in between that, you know, like right now. So I'm more worried than I was previously because I can't ignore all the crazy. But then I also am not at the point right now where I'm about to just like you know, board up the door, you know, and, you know, flip out. So, um, also I've not hoarded toilet paper. I want everybody to know that. And I know that, I know there's going to be some asshole on the other end of this. that's going to be yep. like, like, Oh, you, you didn't hoard toilet paper jokes on you. You know, like you, you had to wipe your ass with like a washcloth or something, but you know, I no, no, it's fine. Everything will be okay. Um, I don't know that, but I also understand that it is a, public health risk and you do need to take precautions. So I understand things like uh, maybe travel bans or not having giant herds of people around each other talking, you know, within a foot of each other kind of thing right now, given an opportunity to die out, maybe, you know, sanitize some shit and then everything's good. So, I mean, cause I don't, even though it may not be much worse than the flu or it may actually be like the apocalypse, um, again, I'm somewhere in between those two that, uh, you know, I don't want more people to die. So, yeah. uh, you know, regardless of if it's, you know, octogenarians or if it's, you know, an 18 year old kid. So I, I don't, I don't want more people to die. I want people to take it seriously. Right. But I also don't want people to stab each other for rolls of toilet paper, which, you know, I think we're, uh, I mean, we're quickly approaching that level of like parody ridiculousness. Yeah. yeah. So what do, what do you think? I mean, is that, ha, have I expressed myself in vague enough terms? 
Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I think we can all agree, uh, even listeners out there, that we don't want we don't wish death upon anybody from any disease. Um, but yeah, like saying that this except is for that one the, guy. Which one guy? I uh, know. We'll, we'll figure it out. Uh, we'll figure it out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but to to say it's worse than Spanish flu, and and there's there's been people that have like come out like I think even. I don't know. There's been, there's some CEO that came out recently or some company, um, you know, of course everything's getting canceled, which we'll get into that. But, you know, saying that the, you know, this is worse than the Spanish flu. And this is the, like one of the worst things ever. And the mortality rate is insane and all this other stuff. Uh, you know, like the Spanish flu. So looking at that, this happened in 1918 was the first, you know, pandemic. And right. then the Trench second warfare was, was happening, by the way, I just want to, right. That exactly. Um, yeah. Mustard gas and all that fun stuff. But, uh, the second pandemic was H1N1, you know? And so that is, was classified as the swine flu in 2009. So just 11 years ago, um, which was far worse in terms of deaths compared to at the same rate of where we're at now, comparing that to then way more. I think it was like three or four times more. Um, but looking at it, you know, so the Spanish flu in 1918 infected 500 million people around the world or about 27% of the then world uh, population between 1.8 and 1.9 billion was the total world population at the time. So of course, you know, we didn't, they didn't have the same, uh, advances of medical science like we do now and all that. So of course it was going to be, uh, far worse in terms of how much it hit, but the number of deaths was uh, somewhere around 50 million. It's a lot. Yeah. It's, it's and that's a like global. Little know? known fact that British soldiers actually used to, you know, hold each other's faces in close proximity and cough in each other's faces to say yeah. hello. You know, yeah. so I, I think that's a big, I'm just kidding. That's bullshit, but please continue. <laughs> so the onset looking, and this is the thing, because at work I have to do this and, and I've been dealing with this whole thing going on for the last couple weeks now. Um, and without getting too far into that and what I do, uh, you know, I've been constantly going to cdc.gov, um, going to, and actually getting the scientific data as opposed to listening to whoever on CNN or Fox news or wherever you, you subscribe to, you know, listen to a talking head because all they're trying to do is gain ratings. Um, yeah, occasionally they will, provide information that is needed. But, you know, a lot of times it'll just be like, oh, this person got quarantined and this person got quarantined. Well, you know, was that really a confirmed case? Is it confirmed yet? And a lot of times these tests are not, they're not easy to come by, you know, like yeah. they got to submit the, the, uh, the, whatever the, the, the blood, uh, that they've, they've taken, they've got to, you know, send it over to Atlanta where one of the, that's where the CDC is headquartered. Then they got to wait on that. So it's a matter of days for some of these results to come in. So there is a little bit of a delay on that, but this has been going on since January 12th. Right. right. So as of right now, just in the United States alone, there's total cases of 1215 that's as reported today as of about 4 PM, uh, Eastern time. Um, and then the total deaths in the U S is 36. Right. So, you know, a lot of the, the major cases are like California, Washington state, New York state. And here in Texas, we got 23 confirmed cases. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, there, there's a lot of panic going on. I mean, obviously like, like you mentioned, I'm the same way. I, I don't want anybody to die of this, but People are dying just of the regular strain flu. People die of a cold. People die of automobile accidents more so than what 
what the average rate of this is right now. Now, other countries such as Italy uh, are quarantining. I mean, it's pretty bad over there. Yeah, they're slammed. Um, there are over 600 deaths, I, I believe, at this point. So, uh, of course, you know, relating that to the total population, of course, it's not that gigantic of a number, but it's still a problem. And, and the only way to really, uh, you know, try to slow the pace of it is definitely the, the way to go is, is quarantining for sure. Right. But, uh, you know, we're not at that state yet here in the United States, but it is good that there are some, you know, preventative measures that are taking place, but some of it is a little, I don't know. It, it's a, it's a little much. I, I feel like everybody's canceling everything at this point. And there's some pros and cons to it. If it means I get to work from home, then hey, that's cool. But <laughs> but some some of the events and and some of other things, like I understand it in right. in what they're trying to do. But I mean, this isn't Ebola here. This is a strain of the flu, right? So, uh, but anyways, I just wanted to kind of speak to some of the the science numbers. So uh, if you fell asleep out there, you can you can wake up now because we're gonna we're gonna move forward from that. So. Uh, let's talk about things that have been postponed. Yeah, I think that's important, um, especially when we're talking about the things we typically talk about. Uh, a lot of movies have been postponed or uh, delayed almost a year to a year, right? So uh, obviously we discussed Bond um, being postponed because we got uh, shafted with that last time. But truly, I mean, these guys are in the business to make money. You know, that they're not, they're not just here yeah. to entertain us. So they did the math and they figured out that people are not going to go watch movies. So, yep, that's that's pretty much it. I mean, they're going to have to delay it. So uh, other movies that got through in, thrown into this camp are Mulan, uh, New Mutants, which is the next X-Men movie. Uh, bon- or, I'm sorry, Bond is already on the list. Uh, Fast and Furious 9 and A Quiet Place 2. So uh, and those are just a, a few of pretty much what is turning out to be almost every movie getting delayed. So, um, you know, this isn't the only, this isn't the only stuff that's happening. I mean, obviously like we've heard now that like major league baseball, uh, you know, uh, basketball, NBA, yeah. yeah. Um, hockey, NHL, all, all postponed. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it sucks for them. I mean, like, but again, I think that you need to look at this from their perspective as well. Like it's, it's good on two in two ways. Right. And that maybe not as a company, but it's good in two ways in general. Um, one of those is obvious that you don't have a large group of people gathering. And so the likelihood of just random, you know, community transmission is lower. Uh, the other thing is just like movies being delayed you know, sports teams are there for your enjoyment, but they're most importantly there to make money. You know, they're a business. Yeah, if, it's a business. And you and putting asses in seats is paramount to them making money. Uh, now, obviously, they've got things like merch and TV deals and 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 ad ads and you know uh, sponsorships and all kinds of great stuff. Uh, and that'll probably keep them afloat for a while. But the most important thing is to put on a show just like uh, concerts or anything like that. So if you know that you're going to have a season opener with two people in the stands, you know, like one guy from each team, you know, standing across the stadium yelling at each other, that's really not going to play to anybody's benefit. You're losing money at that point. So right. of course they're going to delay it. 
you know, because they, they want to have a full stadium and uh, mm -hmm. that's, that's fine. You know, it, whether your motivation is making money or public health, it's serving both. So I don't care. Um, it, it's, it's fine. So I think, uh, I think you'll see a lot more of this. Uh, you had mentioned that the, uh, Dallas St. Patty's day parade, which, um, is the least Irish and most drunk event I've ever seen in my life, uh, will, <laughs> will be postponed. So, which also like, you know, like the, like, uh, judge, the judge and the mayor, right. They're talking to, uh, like public health officials and they're like, I really want to know how they phrase the question. Like, do you think it's a really good idea to suppress everyone's immunity with alcohol, but also have them within spitting distance of each other? Like, no, I don't, I don't think so. That doesn't sound right yeah. to me. So that that's kind of a no brainer. Um, yeah. I mean like, yeah, I've, I've had, you know, fun one day and then woken up the next day and been sick as a dog and no, it wasn't a hangover. It was because I had come in contact with somebody during the, uh, you know, the holidays and, yep. you know, I ended up getting the flu. So, you know, don't, I mean, doing that and, and suppressing your immunity is a real thing. And that would be literally the worst case scenario for, for everyone. Um, yeah. And to that matter, I think sporting events, a lot of that's going on too. So, you know, obviously not to the degree of the Dallas St. Patty's day parade, because like I said, I've never seen like a more drunk herd of people in my life, but, uh, like not even Mardi Gras, I don't think will, but maybe, maybe Mardi Gras will, will touch it. You know, uh, it's a little bit different atmosphere there, but, uh, as far as Dallas parades and things like that are concerned, I've never seen a more drunk group of people in Dallas. Right. Yeah. I'm sure the, uh, Chicago one that that's always been one of the biggest ones. Um, You're right. Right. As far as films, I remember in the fugitive, it was featured in that when Tommy Lee Jones is chasing after Harrison Ford through the crowd and he's got the little bowling hat, you know, that he's trying to blend in the crowd, you know, but, uh, I, I think even that got canceled or postponed. Um, and then, you know, I, I had mentioned before I was going to go to the rock and roll hall of fame, uh, induction ceremony in May. And, you know, obviously it's just like snowballing here with everything. So, uh, that's been postponed. Um, that'll be postponed to later this year. They haven't given us a date, but for all ticket holders, basically, if you have a ticket, you'll be able to, you know, it, you'll, you'll still be able to go. It's just going to transfer to the next date. Um, but I was able to cancel my flight and hotel and no problem with that. Uh, so, you know, kind of a bummer cause I was looking forward to it, but you know, if it means that I'll just have to go in the fall, then that's fine. Um, right. Or sometime later this summer, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's real interesting. And I, I saw when the NBA got canceled last night and, uh, thought, you know, still think they're they're still kind of hyping this up a little bit but i understand it from a business perspective and obviously too you know if you are a business you don't want to get sued and if it it comes down to it where it's kind of like someone gets sick and i could totally see someone trying to take advantage of the the legal system of you know suing the the national basketball association or the national hockey league you know whatever for Oh, well, I, I got sick because, uh, you know, your facilities didn't didn't, you know, match up to the standards of of having cleanliness and someone was sick and yeah, I caught well, it. You lawsuit know, time. Yeah. Yeah. Which I imagine we'll probably hear some sort of coronavirus lawsuit at some point. That's just America. Right. So, yeah. Right. <laughs> 
Uh, but so you, uh, it is what it is. Yeah, it is. It is what it is. We just have to be careful out there, and uh, you know, be smart. Um, don't walk around, you know, grab every doorknob and handrail and then start licking your hands uh, or directly <laughs> lick the doorknob or handrail. Do what you normally would do when when the flu is around. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know who is not a respiratory virus? Who's that? Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Can confirm that Audible is not a respiratory virus. No, but they probably have books on how to boost your metabolism and immune system. Immune system. So. Yeah, that's a really good point. So That'd be a good uh, one to listen to. Yeah, not not bad. It might just be someone saying like, you know, drink orange juice, you know, on a loop for an hour. But yeah, yeah. yeah. I pay, for, or, I pay uh, for that. Or you can check out uh, Stephen King novels. But one Stephen King novel, uh, as an example, is The Outsider, which has been adapted to TV and has been one of the more talked about shows and kind of a surprise hit. Uh, and the episode run for season one, hopefully it's going to be more than just one season, right. uh, just ended. And that's been a show that I've been tuning into since the beginning, uh, just because Ben Mendelsohn's involved and the the cast is great. Stephen King's involved as an executive producer. I kind of mentioned it on some up- other episodes, but now that it's done, I kind of want to talk about just how successful it's it's become. Yeah, and let's, let's discuss The Outsider. How great it is, yeah. So it's, you know, as I've kind of stated before, it starts off where uh, Ter- Terry Maitland is is the name of the the main character in the beginning of the episode. But uh, basically, it's, it's kind of like, you know, he's arrested for killing this child, even though he was in another place at the same time of the child's death. And there's even video footage of him in another place. So the investigators are like, how does that happen? You know, come to find out there's other instances of this happening um, and then things never get solved. And so that's just kind of how it starts. But there's something eerie and something very sci-fi and otherworldly that's going on at the same time. So it's kind of like logic meets the illogical. And as the main detective, which is played by Ben Mendelsohn, keeps going down this rabbit hole, he starts to realize that he has to let go of his concept of logic. And he's one of the most logical people in order to, you know, either track down defeat or or whatever this thing is that is illogical. And uh, to, to really see this through and, and make sure that whatever happened to, you know, the, the boy in the beginning doesn't happen again. So it's, it's very, very interesting. Um, there's a character played by uh, Cynthia uh, Arrivo, I think is how you spell right. her yeah, last name. Right. She, she starred in Harriet and a really amazing actress. Uh, she plays kind of a very clairvoyant, but um, kind of standoffish type of just a very different kind of character um, in this. And, so the two end up kind of working together, even though they're very different from one another. Um, and so going down this path, you get really invested because all these characters are, it's a very character rich story all along, but an amazing detective story. So if you like true detective, if you like uh, bone collector, if you like 
anything to do with like serial killers or whatever, this is definitely for you. Uh, and if you like Stephen King as well, there's no element of that as well. So I'm not going to give away any spoilers or anything like that. But um, so that's just kind of my take on the show and the way it ended was very satisfying. So the series finale, um, they there was a report released recently. The series finale was watched by 2.2 million viewers across all platforms uh, that was provided by HBO. And that represents a uh, whopping 1 million viewer, bu- uh, viewer boost from the season premiere, um, which is huge. Yeah, that's uh, amazing. It, it really just shows that word of mouth really worked here. So that's an 83% gain. And it's the largest from a debut episode to the finale episode of any HBO series in its first season ever. Yeah. And I don't Um, think it got the same kind of marketing traction that like Watchmen got and that kind of thing either. Right. You know, like Watchmen, uh, you know, you got uh, Westworld, some of the other Westworld. um, And then you got uh, Game of Thrones. That's probably one of the biggest ones. But a lot of people didn't really get onto it till years in, you know, like people sure. are like eh, Dragon Story, whatever, you know. So uh, it, it's really interesting. But through the the first nine, so it's a season high of like 1.3 million viewers turned into the tuned into the finale's initial airing. Um, and through the first nine episodes, HBO says uh, the Outsider is currently averaging nine million viewers across all platforms, and it's the best performance for a new HBO drama series in its first season. Um, which, uh, Westworld, you know, did really well in 2016, but for comparison, Watchmen grew 1.6 million viewers across all platforms in its finale. So comparing that 1.6 to 9 million is pretty insane. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, so, uh, Watchmen actually, I take that back 1.6 million viewers in this finale was, uh, uh, believe that was Westworld and then Watchmen, Average just about over 7 million viewers per episode while season three of true detective averaged close to eight. So, I mean, this, you, you could tell just how great this show got, mm-hmm. uh, the first couple episodes are interesting, but once, you know, Cynthia's character comes into place, I mean, it, it really starts clicking and, um, I, I really hope to see more of this and I'm not too familiar with the novel. So I'm, I kind of want to read that now and see if there's more to the story, but, I think there's a lot they can go off of here. Yeah. I I like well done shows and movies that make you want to revisit its source material as opposed to reading the source material and then shitting all over the movie or TV. Right. I mean like that, because that's uh, more or less kind of the, the two directions that you predominantly see. So I think, uh, I think this is, this is really cool. And I mean, like I watched the trailer for it and everything. Obviously I haven't, I haven't done the deep dive like you have, but it looked awesome. It it was just fantastic. And uh, Ben Mendelsohn though, I mean, holy crap, that guy can act. Yeah. And and Jason Bateman, you know, he's, he's Terry Maitland in the very beginning episode and he even directs a few episodes here. He's one of the the main executive producers. So it, it definitely has sort of that Ozark vibe to it, but it's very much, um, I would say it's like, Ozark meets uh, Castle Rock. You know, it's definitely got the Stephen King vibe. And the fact that Stephen King's overseeing this so that the adaptation is is true to the right. source material, that, that was, that's kind of what really initially invested me in it. But the rest of the cast and everything really, really carries the show. Very cool. I'm, uh, I'm really pumped to check it out. And, uh, and we'll, have to, we'll have to talk about it with, uh, with every spoiler 
here at some point, but that's not Definitely. going to be today. That's not going to happen right now. Uh, nope. So I'm going to switch gears real quick and I'm going to jump into rumor territory if you're done. Yeah. I, uh, I think that it's worth noting that at the very least we know that in the next Thor, right? Cause there will be another Thor after Ragnarok. They, because uh, Taika Waititi did so well that Thor love and thunder is coming out and Christian Bale is going to be the villain in it. I don't know who he's going to be. Uh, they haven't announced that yet, but uh, I believe that it's beyond talks. I think he's actually signed to play the villain now. So that will be interesting to see him in that kind of role. I thought that it was a big deal, I, I, obviously, but this is me being a dork, right? Because I knew Lee Pace uh, back when he did like, the, I think it's pu- is it Pushing Daisies? I think that was what he was in. But uh, um, anyway, Lee, Lee Pace, he's done uh, really great acting work. And I was always really impressed with some of the smaller stuff he had done. You're talking uh, Lee Pace that was in the Guardians movie. He played, uh, was it Nero? um, He was in the Guardians movie, and now I'm going to lie to you. He was the... um, Because he was the bad guy, right? He was the bad guy. He was, hold on. No, Nero was the name of the the bad guy from the Star Trek reboot. So while you're looking that up, if if this is the same Lee Pace I'm, I'm thinking about... Yeah, this guy's stellar because I I first saw him in um oh god, what's the name of that show? Ronin. Uh, another Oh, it's Ronin. Ronin yeah. the Accuser. That's right. Okay. So another like almost Japanese name. Yeah. Sure. So yeah, he was he was Ronin, but um yeah, I saw him in Halt and Catch Fire. If yeah. you have not have you seen that show? Yeah, I've seen the I saw the first season, I think. It's, oh, dude, it's... you got to watch it all the way through. That's Yeah, is it that's one of those shows that I need to go back and watch again because it was that good. There's a new, uh, there's a new one coming out that's actually, uh, or an actually, I'd take that back. It's probably out already, but it's, uh, I think it was Driven. Yeah. So it, this is not the Driven with like, uh, I think it was Driven. It was there's the Sylvester Stallone movie or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It this was. is not. This is not that. Bad. This is uh This is a, well. Don't tell Sambino that. Um, driven. <laughs> is there's um, no way that that movie is accurate well of course not um like there so therefore sambino shouldn't like it unless it was a drinking game type movie because yeah that was, what that, 2000 when it came out yeah that that checks out actually that probably escalated okay, that's probably what it drink, is drinking game pretty quickly uh picking up quarters <laughs> with your tire and all kinds of stupid <laughs> shit um so the driven movie that lee pace was in is actually uh he was played played uh john z delorean uh, oh, when okay. he was during during that time when he was trying to uh, create the uh, DeLorean Motor Company, and uh, oh yeah, yeah, that obviously for people who don't know, um, I, everybody knows the Back to the Future car, right? And and that alone is is uh, like an iconic vehicle. But before that, it was an iconic '80s vehicle, and uh, and John DeLorean, who uh, was a iconic car designer uh, in his own right before he ever tried to start his own company and then snorted all of his money away, um, you know, was, was making thing or he designed things like the GTO for Pontiac. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So he, I mean, he's, he's a, a fascinating individual. And I think that uh, I, this, this movie where I saw, I only saw the trailer, obviously I didn't see the whole thing yet, but 
uh, it, I'm, I'm kind of hooked. I need to, I need to check it out. I don't think it got a wide release, but, uh, it's, it's Lee Pace as John DeLorean and the way he plays John DeLorean seems so authentic that it, yeah. it's, a, it's almost like, cause I mean, he was, dude was bigger than life. I think he was like married to a supermodel and he was making his own like, you know, crazy vehicles and, you know, iconic cars and everything that, I mean, the guy, he had an incredible life. Uh, so it's, it's something I really want to check out, but anyway, Lee Pace, um, got lost on all of that. But the bottom line is I said that Lee Pace is one of the bigger names that, or I'm sorry, one of the smaller names that was a bigger actor that ended up in a Marvel, you know, enemy role. Right. Um, right. And, and I always, always saw that as kind of like such a really neat turn for him. And it's the only reason that I can see Christian Bale as a as a marvel villain because it does it doesn't have the i mean yes it has the emotion and it has like this the the absolute like scope of so many of these you know larger marvel movies and everything right but um it, it doesn't it's not grounded it's not a christopher nolan movie you yeah. know uh yeah. why well, I, say, I say grounded loosely i mean you know when you're playing with the concept of time how grounded can you really be but i mean it right. does have that hint of authenticity to it when when you talk about Christopher Nolan movies, regardless of what your concept you're messing with and and how sci-fi ish you get, um, it, it does feel it always feels like it comes by its concepts in earnest and and it always really uh, ties a really good thread through all of the emotions that you feel. In uh, it's not uh, anchored is a better way of saying it, not grounded. I feel like Marvel movies are fairly well anchored in their characters and they play well with them. And obviously we've talked about screen testing everybody together, like, you know, beating the hell out of each other, trying to just screen test everybody like nonstop trying to figure out who's the right role for this kind of stuff. So I don't doubt that in a room together, everybody really got along with them. Um, I'm hoping that he is extremely over the top and, and fun, you know, as a villain, because I know that he's also very method sometimes and, you know, he can very take, he can very much take on a lot of the, uh, kind of the, the interesting aspects of his character and bring that into his real life. And it can cause a lot of friction on set. So I'm hoping right. that it's, uh, it's something that's a little bit more lighthearted because of the actual movie that he's in. Um, although Kate Blanchett, you know, did not, uh, you know, as Hella really, really didn't have that moment where she was like super lighthearted. I mean, she, she was a uh, pretty, pretty mean, villain so i don't really know well and you know who else was in the uh you know played a dc character and then eventually became a nemesis in marvel right who's that michael keaton that's right that's my boy batman himself yeah became the vulture so pretty pretty good take on that so yes there is there are plenty of crossing over that that takes place um yeah and there's like even the marvel movies are incestuous look at uh you know chris evans and going from fantastic four to to being captain america um yeah but of course that's sony to you know easy to forget or or was it sony or was it fox it might have been fox it was uh, fox it was fox that's right oh god that freaking movie all all of those like original fantastic four movies the um where they had like the fantastic car or whatever, but it was like, you yep. know, a Dodge branded and they're like, you know, that thing got a Hemi. Yuck, yuck, yuck. It was so bad. God dang. I it was that bad. Movie. It was really bad. Oh man. Anyway, uh, that, Back that'll be days. fun. 
back in the days when we used to fly through the air in our Dodge cars. Right. Uh, so there's, there's one other thing that I think we should touch on before we sign off. And, yeah. uh, and I think that it is at once the most lighthearted news that I've heard in the past week. And it's also the dumbest news that I've ever in the past week. Uh, to me, I think I want to hear your take on this though. Apparently, Jim Carrey's character, the mask, is going to be CGI'd into Space Jam 2 as a referee. And he's also going to be voiced by Jim Carrey. So it's not, I mean, like, yes, they're doing kind of the, probably like the reverse, why well, you can't reverse age a mask, but you know what I mean? Um, they're, they're kind of, you know, keeping it kind of similar CGI to what they had before. Most of it was practical, I know, but now they're, they're kind of like bringing it back to the old school nineties mask. So I don't, I don't like, what do you think about this? I've heard there are a lot of different cameos and weird crap going on. Like, like universe stuff they're bringing in. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, that was the thing with the original space jam. There were so many different like brands and all kinds of things brought in. And then of course, celebrity, you know, um, appearances, but, uh, yeah, with the mask, it's easy because you really don't have to do reverse, you know, aging or whatever, because he's just wearing, he's actually wearing like a mask over his head. Right. I, I so, just stopped that, like that all halfway through. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. But, like, uh, it doesn't make any sense. But yeah, with him being in it as a referee, I think it's a, I think that's a very solid strategy because Jim Carrey, you know, for a while he, he kind of fell off a little bit and there's a, there was a good article I read somewhere. I forget who did it online, but they talked about sort of his career and how, He'd been working so hard to become a comic and then he ended up getting all the fame in like 94 with Dumb and Dumber. And then, of course, uh, doing Ace Ventura. And then, you know, the follow ups with like, you know, The Mask and Ace Ventura, too. And I mean, it, it just kept going. And then he took more of a serious turn. And then he's kind of been coming back a little bit. But, you know, he's been going through some stuff and um yeah. you know so there's been talks of bringing mask back and doing a sequel uh with and, and you know with today's technology it'd be easy as hell to do probably wouldn't cost nearly as much as it did back then and right. it would probably make a lot of money because you know mask is fun and it's interesting because the graphic novels in the mask just like how teenage mutant ninja turtles are is very adult yeah and it's very violent but the way that the movie did is very kind of lighthearted and funny. Yeah. And PG so 13. I'm sure they'll, yeah. they'll, they'll keep that going. I, I don't see that being an R rated thing. They'll keep it going PG 13 and who knows, maybe you can talk uh camera Diaz into coming out of retirement. She's basically retired by now. I right. uh, can't say I blame her, but yeah, I think it's a, it's a bold move or it's, it's the right move because if they are can, really serious about bringing a mask back, what better way to kind of like kickstart it and, and kind of be the spark plug of the whole thing than having him appear in something like space jam two. And then people, he has his five minutes, you know, in the spotlight or whatever, even s smaller than that, but mm -hmm. it'll be something people remember from the movie. Cause it's some hilarious scene. And then it's like, okay, yeah, people, people really like that. So I think, yeah, let's go ahead and do this movie green, green lit it, you know, all that stuff. So yeah, I think it's, yeah, a really good I think way. it's a good way. Yeah. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. I think, uh, I also think that if, if you have a mask universe that ignores the Jamie Kennedy movie that I think you'll probably be okay. Right. You can just, <laughs> just like, just scoot right past son of mask. Never saw that one. It is 
very strange. Also, Jamie Kennedy as like a as a human yeah. always seemed like uh, not someone I would probably get a beer with. But uh, to bring it full but, circle. Yeah, I mean, but he had really good impressions. I will give him that. Yeah, no, I, I think that uh, there 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 is definitely talent there, and uh, I I think it's something but I hear that, you. I, I it would have it, I think my whole feeling got spoiled during like the Jamie Kennedy experiment reruns of like your so I don't <laughs> I don't need that anymore in my life but uh yeah I mean I, wherever you are Jamie Kennedy um continue uh making money somehow congratulations don't be an asshole I guess and uh don't get the coronavirus yeah please yeah, yeah. we don't wish that upon anybody but uh this was a very informational type of episode, I guess. I mean, I feel like we kind of needed to talk about it. And I, I feel like everybody out there is kind of, you know, listening in. I know I was listening into sports radio today and they were talking about all kinds of stuff and the events of it and, you know, what what certain CEOs of and owners of teams were saying. So, you know, it's always really interesting. Yeah, just, uh, you know, if you, you get quarantined, just kick back with a Vortex bottle and... Uh... And enjoy your day off. Yeah, enjoy your day off and catch up on all of the Sensibly Loud radio episodes because we have quite a bit. And speaking of, Carl, this was episode 69. So congratulations, buddy. Yay! <laughs> Thank you. Because I am also 13 years old in my brain. Um, that is the best news I've heard all day. Yeah, yeah. The magical number. That magical but, uh, number 69. Congratulations. Be easy. Yeah, glad you were part of it. And to all of our listeners out there, glad you were part of it as well. Um, and like I mentioned, feel free to catch up on all the episodes. We have so much content. Uh, we're about to have even more content. Now we're about to kick into gear with spring and going into summer. Uh, it's going to be a really, really fun time. Thank you guys for listening to tonight's episode of, or whatever time of day of, of, of episode you're listening to this <laughs> of Sensibly Loud Radio. Uh, you can catch us online, Instagram, Twitter at Sensibly Loud, Facebook, Sensibly Loud Media. Stay tuned for next week's episode of Sensibly Loud Radio.